0: The show starts in one minute. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, on with the show.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 72 of Saturday Matinee Theater, brought to you by your friends here at the Long Box Crusade. We are here in Gotham City. In our recording studio, set up in one of the many unused rooms in stately Wayne Manor, I am your host, Jared Albert, the art sale artist, and joining me, as always, is the Robin to my Batman. He could be fourteen, he could be forty-four. He, who knows? It's Pat Sampson, aka DJ Cristados. How are we feeling today, man boy wonder, Cristados?
2: Well, Jared, I am feeling great today. I got a magic trick I want to show you guys. What I want to do is, if you guys. Give me all your pipes. What I'm going to do is do a little magic trick, uh, make them disappear, and then I'll mm. make some reappear. Mm. Yeah. How
1: what about front? we
3: give you one pipe to see if you can
2: make it disappear?
3: Fool me <laughs> once, Pat. Shame on <laughs> you. I mean, Three, I... seven times. All right. Shame okay. All if you. I give it
2: back, then I get to do it a second time with more. <laughs> <laughs> um. I'll get back to you. While we're
1: thinking about that, Also joining us is the laziest Alfred Pennyworth of all time. It's my brother, Jason,
3: the Weasel Skull. How are you today, Jason? I'm going to tell you what, Jared. These jokers have got me on the raggedy edge. Now they're going to come in and they're going to complain cuz their dishes in the sink. They're going to complain because the floor hasn't been polished. But I've been driving them all around all night carrying their stupid costumes. I don't know why they wear the stupid costumes. They just get their tails beat. Then I got to drag them back, patch them up, and uh yeah, I didn't sign up for this. That's what mm. I'm saying. I did not sign up for this. Not a lot anywhere of time, without but- it. Not a lot of time for housework, I would imagine. He has been busy.
1: All right, well, we also have with us the incorruptible lawman of the city is Commissioner
4: Delvin the Dark Web Williams. How do you do, Commissioner? I mean, I'm okay, but I'm just here to tell you, I'm pretty much thinking about switching sides. Like, you know, does DACA need, like, a good commissioner? Because, like, I'm just saying, that man gets stuff done. And, like, the (laughs) The the guy that I'm supposed to be on the same side with, he gets whooped all the time. And I don't want to be on team L. I want to be on Team W. <laughs> He's so fed up with the, the L's. I, I am. He's willing to commit actual treason during wartime.
3: <laughs> yes.
4: But you know what? I get it. <laughs> I, get, I get it.
3: Proceed. <laughs> it's nice to work for someone who has their stuff
1: together, and Docket definitely does. Okay, we have a return guest with us this time, glutton for punishment, keeps coming back to the LBC (laughs) headquarters, not sure why, but he classes to join up. He is our very own Alan J. Porter. Welcome
5: back, Alan. It's great to be back on the mean streets of Gotham, though I will say people around here are really rude. I was just outside the police headquarters, going to get in a cab to come down to Wayne Manor, and some dude in a beat up fedora hat and a scruffy jacket came out and just jumped in the cab and raced away and just left me on the s- sidewalk. So uh, I don't know what happened to that cab, but there was a really strange sound from the end of the street there. But uh, <laughs> yeah. so guys around here really need to work on uh, being more hospitable to uh, visitors to Gotham. That's all I've got to say.
4: I think he did give you some hospitality, Alan. That's all I'm saying. Just, it, <laughs> not Maybe not the way that you wanted it, but
1: <laughs> Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, Alan's been here before, so he doesn't need to answer his first Batman memory or his favorite iteration of Batman on screen. But you know what? I cooked up a question for him anyway. Oh, dear. Al- Alan and I do a show <laughs> over on the On Her Majesty's Secret podcast network called Six of the Best, where we talk about James Bond music, scores, film music, spinoff, all that. So Alan, think back to all the Batman movies
5: you've seen and tell me which one you think had the best music. It's actually got to be that Denny. I love the Danny Elfman scores for the, the Tim Burton Batman movies. You so. can't go wrong. You, can, yeah. you can't go wrong. And, and that, that little singer guy that they had doing the occasional song, he was pretty cool too. Yeah, I think, uh, I think you're referring to Prince, and
1: I completely <laughs> agree with you. And yeah, I do no. remember the last time you were on, I think you even mentioned how – if you listen to the theme of this serial, you can kind of hear the DNA of I, I think Elfman watched and listened and and yeah. found a way to to broaden that. Yeah, very much uh, so. Yeah, I think that's really cool. Uh, and I just want to give a shout out to Shirley Walker, who does a lot of the animated ones, to include Mask of the Phantasm, which I believe Alan and I share as our favorite Batman movie. That's I, I,
5: w- I will say. Not overall score, but just uh, intro music, theme music, uh, the theme for Batman Beyond. Um, sorry, yeah, Batman that's Beyond, mine, is just, right there. Yeah, that awesome. Batman Beyond. Is oh like yeah, oh, rocking yeah. man. I think
3: Shirley
1: yeah. did that too.
3: Yeah, I think
1: that's also Shirley
3: Walker. But yeah, yeah, that's good stuff.
2: Good stuff. All right, with that little chit chat out of the way, Pat, do your job. Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. Saturday Matinee Theater is a retro review show brought to you by the Lawn Crusade, where we'll be taking you back to the past with some potentially overlooked retro awesomeness in the realm of television, movie serials, or films. Basically, if it's vintage and it's kind of forgotten, we're going to dig it up. On this episode, we'll continue our dive into 1943's Batman Serial. 1943's Batman serial was produced by Rudolph C. Flortho. It starred Lewis Wilson as Batman and Douglas Croft as Robin. So grab your battering, fire up that Batmobile, and swing into adventure. But don't forget if you're going to carry a gun, you got to have a license, Robin.
3: <laughs> we will talk about
0: that. <laughs>
1: Before we hand it over to Delvin for this episode's info, let's take a look, or in this case, a listen to a commercial that we've been playing at the time this episode was released back in 1943. This will help us get into the right time frame of mind, if you will, and transport us back to the 40s. For this episode's commercial retro
0: rewind, we have Party Magic, brought to you by the Wiz Bar. Here's Bob Graham of Indianapolis, all set to prove the hand is quicker than the eye. Watch closely now. You may want to mystify your friends. After the string is threaded through the straw, he bends the straw and straightens the string. Next, he clips off the peak of the straw and throws it away. Now, he puts the straws together and pulls the string through. Presto! It's still in one piece, believe it or not. Say, that's slick. Come on, tell us how you did it, Bob. Well, then at least tell us where we can learn tricks like that. Thanks. Come on, folks, let's look. Well, it's the famous Bike Party and Magic Stunts book. You can get one for two whiz wrappers and six cents in coin or stamps. The whiz bar is made in the famous bike kitchens. It's cellophane wrapped for freshness, supplies quick energy. The world's biggest candy value, only a nickel. Sold everywhere, and boy, it's good. Remember, get your Party and Magic Stunts book by sending two whiz wrappers and six cents in coin or stamps to Paul F. Bike Company, Department 1, Chicago. Full instructions on every whiz wrapper.
5: Okay, we're coming back from that. We will go to our whiz bar himself, Alan Porter. Well, all I've got to say is, hey, Mr. Bob Graham of Indianapolis, I know exactly how you do that trick. <laughs> and it's not that impressive. You cheated. So. <laughs> oh, my God. Shots fired. Shots
1: fired. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
5: that, that trick happened to be in an old one. of You know, the British annuals. I sometimes talk about the boys' own annuals. It was in one when I was a kid, and that was one I actually tried when I had. And my uncle was actually a stage musician, and he showed me how to do it. So, I actually know that trick. Ah, nice. So he didn't rope you into that one? (laughs) Jason. No, but I got all tied up in how you actually do it. Oh, oh, oh. he's playing the game. Oh, Oh, he's being naughty. (laughs) It was a real naughty problem,
3: yeah.
1: Oh, 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 man. Should we keep going? I'm afraid not.
2: (laughs) Jason. I think that joke has gone to the last straw.
1: Jason. (laughs)
3: What was the question?
1: (laughs) What did you think of the commercial? (laughs)
3: Uh, I was trying to think of another pun. I was too. I'm not going to lie. Okay. What did I think of the commercial? Number one, magic tricks never go out of style, man. They were having fun with those in 1943. We were having fun with those in 1983, 1993, and I'll have fun with them in 2023, man. Magic tricks are cool. And for six cents, wasn't it like six cents, which is very specific. And then some wrappers that you just gotta send. So all I right. just gotta eat some candy bars, <laughs> give them six cents, and I get a big book of magic. Or Man. we could
2: give them 50 cents and some
3: M&Ms. The rapper, I get it. The rap you could brought it all together. Which well, we turn or- that. So at any rate, I liked it. I'm excited. I want my book of magic tricks. You know,
1: Jason and I used to go to a comic shop in North Carolina where you checked out, the guy would do a magic trick for you. And then he'd be like, if you want to learn that magic trick, it was like $3 or something.
3: And you pay him, and he teaches you the trick. <laughs> it's an odd combination, but it was well, fun. Well, usually it was like a kit, too. So you had to, you had to buy the kit in order to do the trick, you know? Yeah. Those <laughs> good times. Alakazam, Delvin, what do you think? I
4: think that, I guess it's a good thing for kids. I love how you got to play it up. I do understand it's a commercial. But the kids around, and like all the adults are looking at them as like, you you better take it while you got it, kid. Because by the time you turn about 12 or 13, no one's going to be impressed with it. And it's going to get you zero women. Like, no, it's just not going to work. I mean, how many times have you ever been out at at a club and like, oh, my God. Look at that guy over there doing magic tricks. I'm so going
3: home with him. I know. It's the guy that <laughs> plays the guitar, right? Gets all the ladies at the parties. And, but but man, but watch me make this card edge, disappear. My friend. <laughs> yeah,
4: right. Yeah, it's,
3: it's just, it's,
4: yeah, it, just, it just doesn't translate. But nope. for six cents, you could be quite the whiz kid, you know, and mm-hmm. maybe get a lot of
3: Valentine's cards. <laughs> yeah, I can confirm you don't get a lot of play being a <laughs> magician. That's for sure. Not at was, my like, level, anyway. We've learned but so much like, about
1: Jason through podcasting. You know, like He tried to get girls the magic tricks and tried to fight with Roger Moore knife hands. <laughs> Jason had a rough <laughs> childhood.
3: <laughs> that's how I learned to fight was through Roger Moore. And that's why I got beat all the time.
4: <laughs> fight through counter-example. You and Batman have a lot in common, dude.
1: <laughs> Bring us back to the magic show, DJ Christados. You have the final word.
2: Um. Yeah, it was interesting. I l- liked how... As Delvin said, all the people are there, kind of watching him. He's got the adult audience captivated, and now sudden there's an intermission where they're handing out these whiz bars or whatever they are. And I don't know what those are. Did anybody know?
5: They no. look disgusting, didn't they?
2: Yeah, it's like <laughs> like a hamburger, like a really uh, wrapped so in that, foil or something. And
5: something be, be, though, be the research geek yeah. I am, I actually yeah. did go and look him up, and I found a site called Candy Addicts, and they said it looked like a chocolate hamburger patty. Ah. It's something with marshmallow inside it, apparently, um, and okay. they changed the shape and packaging in shortly afterwards into a standard candy bar shape and wrapper type stuff. So okay. those they got rid of that hamburger patty, and I'm being polite as to what it actually looked like. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it looked disgusting. I don't know about anybody else, but I wouldn't eat that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh man. That's-
1: you know, the last time we had this conversation, the show it was around the chunky bar, and I ended mm-hmm. up buying a whole box of chunky bars. Chunky. I was like, I'm going to put it in their Christmas packages. And if I hadn't ate the entire box by the time Christmas got here,
3: that would have <laughs> happened. So I've noticed there were no chunky bars in my stocking. Ah, <laughs> uh, no little Debbie's Christmas cakes see, either. All right, it's time to move on, Delvin. <laughs> let's do the episode info. <laughs>
4: It's the thought that counts, uh, Jared. It's, it's the thought that counts. <laughs> Episode info for everybody. Chapter 11 was titled A Nipponese Trap. It was released September 24th, 1943. The director was Lambert Hillier with writers Victor McLeod, Leslie Swabacker, and Harry L. Fraser, With J. Carol Nash as Dr. Tito Daka and William Austin as Alfred. As a reminder, all 15 episodes are available on YouTube. We highly encourage you to watch this episode before proceeding with this podcast, because not only is it just more fun that way, but Jared is about to give a synopsis about this episode, and then we're going to discuss it. There are probably some spoilers heading your way, folks, so if you hadn't watched this episode, we recommend you pause here, go check it out on YouTube, and then come back to join our discussion. It's not even 20 minutes, folks, so it's not that big of a time demand. For those of you who are watching along with us, we love to hear your thoughts. Don't forget to comment about the show on Twitter using the hashtag
3: I'm following Batman. Jason. Hashtag I'm following Batman. Pat. Hashtag I'm following Batman. Jared, put the chunky
4: bar down and, 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 and do the hashtag thing. Or, um, hashtag I'm following Batman, probably to the hospital. <laughs> and Alan. Hashtag I'm following Batman. Great job, everyone. Hashtag I'm following Batman. And with that, let's turn it over to Jared for the episode summary.
1: When we last saw Batman, he had crashed his stolen car after the bad guy shot out a tire and a huge fireball ensued. Batman managed to leap from the car just before the explosion, but he didn't stop Daka's goons from getting the radium. And now that the villains know that the Chuck White identity is a fraud, he can't use that anymore either. Or can he? Remember back when Batman and Robin captured one of Daka's goons from the mine fight and they tricked him into giving the location of the Sphinx Club while he was quote-unquote trapped in the Batcave? That guy's name was Marshall And if you remember, they dropped Marshall off at the police station. He's been in the clink ever since, and he doesn't know about Chuck White. So, crafty Bruce Wayne uses the Chuck White persona one more time to get another lead on Daka from Marshall. Daka gets wind that Chuck White is in jail and puts up the bail to release him in order to have him killed. Daka's goons attempt to kill Bruce Chuck White Wayne in a car crash, but they narrowly miss him, and now Batman and Robin are on the hunt. Once they reach the villain's lair, well... A fight scene ensues and batman and robin perform to their usual level and get defeated the den of evildoers even unmask an unconscious batman only to discover that the batman is actually chuck white the unmasking provides a diversion so robin calls the cops for help but the dynamic duo ends up trapped in the hideout with fuselette dynamite and the whole building explodes And with that, it is time to get into the highs and lows of the episode. And as we go around, we'll do two rounds. Please have one high or one low or one what the. I'm looking at you, Pat, kind of Alan. He got excited on the last Man from U.N.C.L.E. episode. Uh, So (laughs) we will start with Alan on round one. Are you going to start off
5: with a high, a low, a what the? What's on your mind? I'm going to start with a what the. So... Last time I was on this show, it was episode five, I believe, of this era. And it, Flying Spies? Was that where you were? Uh, yeah, no, it, was yeah. Around, it was around episode five. So okay. the opening sequence of this one, Batman bumbling about, failing, getting beaten up, the bad guys get plan succeeding, them heading into Gotham, the Barker at the fair, the Giant at the fair, getting into Dakar's lair. All of that could have fit perfectly on the end of episode five. <laughs> he didn't really miss much <laughs> so what happened I want to know did the plot move at all rinse and repeat in the last five episodes because it really feels to me watching this one like I just picked it up right after where point. I was five episodes ago Did has anything actually happened to move the mm. plot forward I of Chuck White well there was the Chuck White thing which I, I actually also, like, were I you know. around for um
2: who's the other guy Colton mm, uh, Ken Colton yeah, King Colton.
1: Yeah, the- cool, but like he was a cool ally, but he ended up dying at the mind fight.
5: No, okay. I missed the mind fight thing. So
1: no, nah, he's other than that, and just pretty much uh, pissing off Linda Page every chance he gets. <laughs> <laughs> That's about
5: all you miss. Good point, right. Alan. And I was confused with it. I'm gonna go for a second one. Sorry, Jared. Ah! I, was, <laughs> I was confused about the whole Chuck White, not the Chuck White persona, but the makeup thing, because they do that scene where Bruce is taking off makeup. And then he goes, oh, but the guy in jail has never met Chuck White. And then it jumps to him being in the jail. So does he take makeup off to be Chuck White? <laughs> no,
1: I think I think he said something about, we'll go, we're going to go to the jail tomorrow. I think he took it off to go to sleep.
5: <laughs> I think that's what I... But you I see him wanna... take the makeup off, and yeah, then the next thing is Chuck and White. And then, and then when bed. they unmask Batman, they go, oh, it's Chuck White. So does he wear makeup as Bruce Wayne? To look yeah. different, and is Chuck White what he normally looks like? Oh, I, I, don't know, I the think whole, I got confused about the whole makeup.
4: I think shit. that he wears the makeup to cover up the abuse the, the that he's been taking and stuff. from, yeah. <laughs> yes, from all the <laughs> whippings
5: that he okay, takes
4: that <laughs> makes over sense. and over that again.
5: So I got completely confused about the whole fake nose makeup. When is he Bruce Wayne? When is he Chuck White? What does he wear when he's under the Batman cowl? I I don't know. I gave up.
1: All right, yeah, he's masqueraded as Chuck White a lot, and I do remember when he was taking off, but I, I think he was going to bed, and then he got up and he masqueraded as Chuck White into the prison. You know what? I'm not
2: even going to try to work it out.
1: <laughs> uh Let's just go to, uh, script says, Pat, Pat,
2: what do you think? Back to you, Pat. Well, I'm going to go with something I I continue to think is really cool, is Dacus Heido. You know, he's it's in this amusement park ride that you get on and then you get off and you still got that guy still working there. And I don't know when that guard Oof. guy I don't know he takes a you break. Know,
3: what what yeah, when his breaks, what does he get paid? Is he pooping? Yeah. Well the thing too is because he's always holding that club at that it's gotta be like isometrics. Like he's gotta have like a yeah. strong right arm at this or point or is there like he a place where it just
2: sets in that kind of just holds there and he just has to, you know.
4: I mean, just Pat real quick, you understand. Crime never sleeps. That's Boy. true. That's a
2: really cool looking hideout. I just think that's really neat what they did there. And those guys just get, hey, we're you know we're here for you know who, you know. It's like going to the Disney World or to you know the music parks nowadays. They got the fast pass lane or whatever. They just get on right away while the other people are still waiting <laughs> in
4: line. I mean, now that you mention it, Pat, that's pretty criminal if you think
2: about it. That is true. Yeah, you pay an arm and a leg, or you know,
3: you gotta, you know. <laughs> You get robbed. I'm no, with Delvin on this one, true. man. That is criminal. That's just unAmerican. I <laughs> do. You gotta love like the poetry of it. Like
1: that whole ride is like to expose the evils of the Japanese Empire, and that's exactly where Dr. Daka built yeah. well, you don't know, have the smartest thing. <laughs> <again>. <laughs> like where? Where else are they gonna look? Are right? gonna right look here?
3: That's the yeah, cleverest so thing obvious. about this show, yeah, man. It's Daka's, so obvious. A, and... Dude
1: is always wants to, if if he had slightly more confident henchman that he's running gotham freaking penguins working for him right <laughs> joker's yeah. working for him yeah <laughs> yeah doc has got it going on yeah anyway it's uh to, to jason
3: yeah we're recording this on january 4th of 2023 this is our first recording of the new year and i hate to start it with a with a low but i gotta tell you I've not been impressed with these cliffhangers. None of the cliffhangers have worked for me the way that the Flash Gordon serials did. You know, the Flash Gordon serials, and that's the one thing I have to compare them to right now, just always seem to be very, very clever how they resolve them. You know, some were more clever than others, but there was a wide variety. And I just, you know, I, I just knew, okay, he's just going to jump out of this thing at the last minute again. Oh, look, looky there. So... You know, as a cliffhanger, it's not really leaving me hanging off a cliff. And I'll just leave it at that.
2: Let me ask you this, then. Do you think it's because with Flash Gordon, it was more, you know, space and anything can happen in space. So you could kind of think, you know, get out of the elements that Batman's stuck in this world of fighting and that's about all he does. So there's not really much you can do to him. I mean, the guy was in a plane crash. He was in a car crash. He was, you know, all this stuff going on with him. But with Flash Gordon, you can let kind of some of that stuff go and just imagine, well, yeah, he must have did this because it's, you know, more fantasy.
3: That's valid. Yeah, I mean, it could be some of that. But I think, to me, thinking back to the Flash Gordon stuff, there were instances where Flash Gordon wasn't going to get out of that uh, unless... Uh, Prince, uh, what was the princess's name? Um, Princess Aura? Aura, you know, <laughs> Aura steps in. <laughs> I answered like that over. so fast, eager. Oh, Princess Aura? <laughs> yeah, everybody's eyes got a lot. He's got hungry eyes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, and I think maybe there were just richer characters in that, more characters that could step in and help maybe said, so, yeah, it's a good point, Pat. Maybe they are painted a little bit into the corner, just having kind of Batman and Robin at the end
1: of each episode. I'd also like to propose that the Gordons were done in 1936. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. I
3: was going to say 39, but you They're, might be in right. The late
1: thirties. They're done in the late thirties. Right. And these are done in 43. All right. There's a lot of dudes that worked Hollywood that are not in Hollywood in 1943. <laughs> So I think your talent pool
3: is a little thinner because a lot of guys are off drafted into war. Yeah, and I think we know
5: why Batman's not fighting. So
1: <laughs> I think we know why Bruce <laughs> Wayne did not get drafted. He's poor uh, F-Man.
5: <laughs> I, I, I think budget, too. They probably had a lot less money. to
1: Possibly, possibly. It might have had less money, but I, it just occurred to me that the, the talent pool was not as deep because a lot of people were gone to war. Um, so anyway, these could all contribute to it. And Pat, I, I think you may be right, too. There's a lot more angles you can go with other than Gotham City. Because yeah. like once you laid it out, it made sense. He's like, he survived a plane. He survived a car. He survived a truck. He survived yeah. a train. Like, like,
4: <laughs> like you running out yeah. of vehicles. <laughs> yeah.
2: All kinds of things. So, yeah. It, but I do agree with Jason. I think I was really... Like, whoa! What, what's going to happen in this next episode of Flash? This other one is like, okay. Like I said before, when Alan was like, "What I miss?" It's like you didn't really miss anything. It's just rinse and repeat of the same thing happening right now. And right. the the only thing that's really keeping this going is Daca. You know, I think the guy is like, he's a smart cat. You know, you know. I'm glad you mentioned that because we talked about,
1: uh, I like think last episode about how we kind of wish Daca was they found a way to bring him back in the in comic book continuity. And one of our listeners actually sent me a picture of a cover where the DACA is, he's in the DC oh, wow. universe. They don't make a lot of it. He's like, here's a cover where they actually used him. And I was like,
3: what? what <laughs> like that? how, how recent?
1: Oh, uh, I, you know, I, I, I'll probably get it wrong, but if I had to guess just based off of art style and I would have said maybe 2000. Era, oh, so, so fairly, I was recent. like, Oh, that's okay. cool. Like they actually have DACA. Like, if you look him up, he's in the DC wiki. They dust Ooh. him off from time to time. I, man, I, I could do a lot with that character. Uh, Alan Porter and I will <laughs> we'll write the, the Adventures of DACA for DC. <laughs> DC. I just signed you up, Alan. For DC Comics. He is quite cool. Delvin, you've waited patiently. It is your turn to talk. Uh, I, for From my point of view, I thought you might get very excited when they tease the next episode. Uh, but that's up to you. And maybe you'd fallen asleep
4: by then. <laughs> but
1: uh, they tease a lot more involvement from the commissioner in the next episode. So I thought, oh,
4: that's Delvin. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, he was about to was it a smoke a cigar that was poisoned or something like that? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was still paying attention, like almost in like, I don't know, shell shock disbelief. Like <laughs> <laughs> Batman walked through the door and just got destroyed by the butt of a pistol. I mean, he crumpled. Like I have never seen anybody crumple as badly as this Batman does. It is in, it's embarrassing. And, and then let's let's talk strategy. So he was, you know, knocked the heck out. Robin comes to after also being knocked out and looks. Sees that Batman is about to get unmasked and runs into the other room to tell the police instead of helping his partner. I'm not done. And so then Batman still acts like he's a you know a little bit knocked out or whatever. And then he lets the dude plant the bomb. He let he watches him and then he jumps on him at the door. Why? That's
1: a bad strategy from every
4: angle. <laughs> Just it, it was terrible. I, uh, it, it hurts my head to see how bad I hate. I don't want to be like this. I really don't. <laughs> I, and I just I just want to stress that. It's just like there is so to make some humor out of it, there's some episode of uh, American Dad where uh Steve, the kid, gets into like the trouble and he's trying to run away and run upstairs and he keeps running and tripping over things <laughs> and Stan, the dad and just watch him and it just kind of chuckles. It's like it. He's he's just so bad at using his body. (laughs) That's that's both Batman and Robin. They're just, they have no need to ambush or anything. At this point, seriously, they should just, I I mentioned this before, take off the costumes and just use your money and just spend more money on a more robust police force (laughs) or a good neighborhood watch or something because the Batman and Robin thing does not seem to be working. We have a few more episodes, but not many more. Not many more. I just, I gotta see the man win a fight. I have not seen him win a single fight. And it's
3: been 11 episodes. Just, ugh. <laughs> and Robin, I think, had the best idea in there. He locked himself in the room. <laughs> so, like, we are in over our head.
0: Like,
3: I- <laughs> Someone get me through the
4: Metropolis.
3: <laughs> we like,
4: my curfew. Need to
2: Metropolis.
4: I the home. Call the ambulance. We're getting our asses whooped again.
1: So, like, all the Wonder Twins. Oh. I need a bucket of water and a tiger.
4: <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm sorry. I, yes. myself up. I need
1: a minute. Uh, <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, I'll tell you
3: what. It is, so, it is
5: so, right. yeah, You, you mentioned their physicality, Delvin. I mean, you know, not even the fights, but the bit where they were climbing over the fence to get in. Yeah, for, that's some but, tough security. That's tough security. And then they climb over the fence just watching... Couldn't they have at least got a stuntman who knew how to move watching Lewis I presume it was Lewis Wilson climb over that fence was absolutely embarrassing. It was like, I just don't want to watch this. It was just it's like
4: Like watching me climb over a fence. Yeah. Or me. Yeah. It's like (laughs) in, in a in a way, this is realistic. In a sense, right? Like could you imagine if Elon Musk put on like a costume and went out to fight
5: crime and climbed over a 10 foot fence? Yeah,
4: okay, yeah, yeah. He would yeah. get destroyed. The I mean, Bezos that's... Wanderer by his side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it is funny. Everyone would just kind of stop and look and be like, dude, you're Elon Musk. We know. <laughs> no, I'm, to- I'm totally not. Just like... <laughs> yes, you are. I can, I can tell the look. Look, it's the internet. Take the show back, Jared.
5: It's to Alan. Save us all, Alan. So you mentioned in the summary about Dacca bailing, what was his name, Charlie White? Yep, Chuck White. Bailing Chuck White out, that Dacca paid for it. But before that, Robin and Alfred had been to see a bails bondman, and they paid him to bail Chuck White out. So who actually bailed him out? Was it Dacca or was it the bailsman? (laughs) And if it was Dacca, did the bails bondman just pocket the 25 bucks and not bother? Or did they (laughs) both pay the police? And um, why didn't the bail bondman think it was weird that this kid, who was said he was the son of a burglar, had a chauffeur with him? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I would have had
3: questions if I was that bail.
1: Bondman. I think that bondman pocketed that money and never thought about it again. <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> too many questions from something that should that made me think <laughs> way more than they should have. Done, so.
1: You're right, though, Alan. I mean, my my synopsis was already too long, but that did occur to me. I was like. What was it? we had basically two scenes of people saying they're going to put up the money, and it, that never became a plot point. So it was like you could have cut one of those scenes, like you
5: could have cut the Batman, the Robin, and the Bondsman scene. Yeah, the whole Bondsman thing just didn't go anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. weird.
2: That- well, let's talk about Chuck White being in the jail. They're going to allow him to have a lighter in the jail. Was uh, that he could he could have lit the mattress on fire or something? And, you know got no out somehow that way or, or maybe Man, just, it's
4: the 40s i was about <laughs> to say <the>
2: same. <laughs> 40s everybody smoked prisoners and well, heavy commercial? i i understand that but i was like i would have thought at least hey no you, you can't have this lighter with you it was just weird and then he gives it to marshall and of course that guy get duped again and by chuck white and you know by batman and chuck white i just i was like that really i'm like really he's gonna just stand around smoking in a cell
1: I know you were watching that, like, mm, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I was like, mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole pack, you say? <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know, Pat,
1: it kind of brings up one of my favorite things, and, and I'll keep this short so we can get it to Jason, though. Like that tracking of Marshall has impressed me for Alan's kind of reference to the fact that it, you could skip several episodes and it didn't really matter. Like, they've really kept track of that one guy from the mind yeah. fight to the bat's cave to the prison, and they were able to use him again. I was like, yeah. Every time they use him, I've forgotten about him. But uh, Jason, you can riff on that or, or bring a new topic up.
3: Well, I'm going to riff off of an older topic that you brought up. How DACA has a really cool setup, good strategic mind, but his Achilles heel is his help, man. Going back to when Chuck White gets out of the jail and there were many ways they could have killed Chuck White slash Bruce Wayne at that moment. And they just essentially run him off the road and like ah that should have killed him and Bruce Wayne's like nope I'm still okay you know and Hold then, on, Jason hey Jason yeah they could have sold that a lot better
4: like mm-hmm. it because it looked devastating it did and then that's fair and then, and then afterwards Bruce was like eh, no I went to the hospital you know check me out they gave me a lollipop I'm good he didn't have yeah, a scratch was- on him
2: isn't I mean, the doctor, like, checking him over, too? Like, the fake nose. Hey, man, this nose doesn't seem right. You <laughs> <yeah>. break it? <laughs>
4: you
2: might have uh, leprosy, son. <laughs>
3: <laughs> What's it, falling off. Oh, man. Well, it, but even at the end, like Delvin, you were saying, they just cold-cocked him. They had him just out. I thought that's concussion protocol, at the very least, at, at that point. And they're like, what do we do with him? They had him sitting in that chair. Now, if I'm one of DACA's henchmen, I'm putting two in his head. Just pop, pop. Yeah, I don't DACA. care who he is. He, DACA's going to not- give you a bonus for right. that. <laughs> yep. I'm getting a bonus. I'm not getting thrown in that tiger pit. You know, things are going to be good. But DACA's men not stepping up. Just remember the DACA. time that Delvin got trapped in that pit and it was full of puppies. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. A puppy pit. It
1: was,
4: it was adorable. Speaking of Delvin, you get to bring it home, my friend. Well, I, I was the only thing that I was gonna mention was about how he got hit by the car and that looked devastating. And I had I will piggyback with Jason. It's like, come on, guys, you know, trust but verify. It's like, yes, you did hit the man with the car, but you couldn't have lingered for two seconds to look in the mirror because apparently he was absolutely okay. In fairness, the cars that they built back then were mini fortresses. So it's highly possible that he could have been hit by a freaking truck in the car and I'd be like, eh, my neck hurts a little bit. But they also, as a story point, they could have sold it that, man, I'm hurting a little bit, but I still want to go out dressed dress as Batman. And then that's why I took this terrific loss that I took at the end. Like, that would have been okay. But yeah, no. <sighs> I think that's it. I, I, do, I do agree with Jason just wholeheartedly that the henchmen could have and should have been a little bit better. Because at this point, if I were DACA and they came back to me for about the 1300th time is like, no, no, DACA, for real, man, for real. He's dead. He is totally dead. Like, is he? Did you did you look? <laughs> did you take a pulse? <laughs> what proof do you have that he's there? You, you don't? You don't have proof? Okay, I'm turning you into a zombie. Like uh, anything, <laughs> right? Because at, at this point, Daka doesn't seem like the type of bad guy that would brook failure. Right. He doesn't, he likes results. He's a very result-oriented villain. So I'm surprised that he has tolerated his henchmen being as inept as they have been.
1: Can't argue with that. I will say, just to end this on a bit of positivity, I actually kind of like the part where they unmasked him because there was a little part of me that was like, What's Robin going to do? They can't unmask him. Well, I, and yeah. they're like, It's Chuck White. And I was like, Oh, they duped me. <laughs> He's Chuck White under the mask. That's pretty good. I like that. But has anybody uh, got any p- uh,
5: parting shots? Pat, you got anything left on your list? Oh, Alan uh, came uh, off mute before you did. So here we go. Okay. Uh, it's just a Watching it with the whole Chuck White thing, it made me wonder if Chuck White was the inspiration for Denny O'Neill's Matches Malone from the 70s. Because that's that's what what I kept thinking about. That's what yeah. you
1: did miss
3: from the other episodes. We brought that up. Oh, okay. <laughs> like if they would have just called him Matches Malone, they would have got a whole nother point
5: from me. Yeah. yeah we were,
1: okay. we, when they first did the disguise, we were like, oh, please be Matches Malone, and they
3: called
5: Chuck White. Yeah, well, Matches Malone <laughs> didn't. I mean, that was the 70s when he came up with that character. So, uh, by the way, while we were talking, I looked up the Dakie, You're right. He was in a couple of episode, uh, episodes, a couple of issues of All-Star Squadron. So, taking on mm-hmm. Starman. So. There you go. Yeah. Daka. He said, you need to bring him back to the
3: Batman universe.
1: Daka. So hot right now. So hot hot right now. One man, two syllables. Daka.
2: (laughs) Daka, the man with the plan. Got the plan number five.
1: Oh, man. But yeah, I I guess we didn't actually know going back to the Match Malone thing. Like, I guess none of us were sure when that character was invented. Because, you know, as we talked about before, Alan, there's a lot of stuff in this serial that became Batman lore, like the look of Alfred and the grandfather clock
5: and the bat cave and, and the bat signal and Yeah. Stuff. When yeah. we were
3: like,
1: when we saw the, uh, the, the fake, uh, Chuck white, but they didn't say his name yet. We were like, oh my gosh, all of us were like, is this, <laughs> is this going to be matches alone? But yeah, I guess you're right. Didn't, didn't get invented until the seventies, but yeah, I, I wonder if there's an inspiration there. Well, yeah. I really do. Pat, did you have anything to
2: do? I just got, you know, my usual bat make, fights, make Delvin's editing a- harder. Yeah. Of course. I got bat fights, and and we got two bookends on this one. We start with one side is Exploding Car. And then he fights a Car Crash. Then there's a goon fight. I just call it a goon fight because you know, he's just fighting goons. Uh, and then he fights an object to the head. Boom. Did not win. No, he didn't win on that one. And then he fights another exploding bomb, so... Will he get out?
3: I don't at least know. I'm the sure second. he jumped out the window or something. <laughs> yeah, this is the second exploding billions of billions. Remember one of them was like, we were like, oh, I wonder how he got out of it. And it was like, well, basically he
1: didn't. Just this one part of the roof fell. That happened twice, actually, I think, yeah. in the mineshaft. And at the
3: like the accident yeah, yeah.
0: factory. Yeah.
3: <laughs> like, well, that, I mean, I guess I do have one more thing. Because with that explosion at the end, it really looked like, to me, like Batman grabbed that guy so he could throw his body <laughs> Onto the dynamite. <laughs> so, I'm you know, if that three. happens, I'm giving it a plus one point, right off. The I bat. am too. I'm, uh, <laughs> right this is, off the became
1: bat, became the Punisher all of a sudden. <laughs> oh. Oh. Hey, well, one of them was wielding
2: a gun in this episode. Was it Robin?
3: Yeah, Robin, Robin. had a
5: gun too. Yeah, yeah, Robin had a gun. Yeah,
2: but he couldn't keep them from taking him out. You know, you knock out Batman, then you just shoot the gun at. That- yeah hey, no
3: i want to see rob just
2: laying fools out yeah. <laughs> playing, playing well that's a go back you know maybe he didn't go to gun school you know at the time you gotta go for hunting school for, for you, for you gotta get your... there
1: crying like no my parents i was like it's the only way we're getting out alive <laughs> it's time to spray brass batman <laughs> oh this got dark fast oh all right let me get to the fun facts all right for this fun facts i'm going to talk about alfred as played by william austin kind of an interesting life he was born in 1884 in uh guiana at the time it was british Guiana. and i pronounced it's spelled differently so i imagine it's it's pronounced the same british guiana really because it ends with an n (laughs) it's english oh my bad (laughs) i'm I'm sorry (laughs) my bad british guiana now just guiana anyways i haven't noticed this on the on the serial yet But everywhere I keep reading about the serial, his last name isn't Pennyworth. It's Beagle.
5: Alfred Beagle. That's what it was in the comics to start with, yes. I didn't know that. (laughs) I was like, like, Alfred Beagle? Weird.
1: Anyway, back to William Austin himself. This cat starred in over 90, that's nine zero films between 1920 and 1947. For those of you uh, who are wondering if we do the math for you not action film face-off but we do that's almost 3.5 films per year from 1920 to 1947 this guy was a workhorse he made his last picture in 1947 just uh what four years after this serial and he lived several years after that his last picture was in 1947 he passed away in california in 1975 so basically in 47 he was like yeah i made like uh you know 100 things i'm done (laughs) and called it a day so that is
5: your brief history on William Austin, who plays Alfred Beagle. So just to go on that, so the rotund original Alfred was Alfred Beagle, and he was still Alfred Beagle in the comics at this point. But when, after this serial, Alfred in the comics changed to a tall, thin Englishman called Alfred Pettiworth, who was based on the Alfred from this serial.
1: Oh, yeah, now I knew this one had a, an effect on the look, but I didn't realize this is where the name change took place but I guess because they made it more
5: British, they wanted a more British name? I guess so, but it was to differentiate the two characters, so yeah. Okay. Huh. There you have it. And with that, let's get into our Batarang Ratings.
1: Here's how the rating scale works. If it gets a five, and it won't, it means you loved it. If it gets a four, that means it's very good. If it's three, it was good, and two, it was just okay, and one, I didn't like it. And I got to tell you, we've been trending down
3: (laughs) as we've been going through this series. (sighs) So let's get into this. Jason, I'm going to have you go first. Put me on the spot. It deserves a two. I'm going to give it a three because I don't have the heart to go into 2023 giving a Batman show a two. So three for me. Mercy three. (laughs) Mercy three.
1: He gave it the bump up from a two. Delvin's giving me that look like, no, man, no. So, Delvin, what do you got?
4: Well, as we discussed with mercy bullets, right? Like th- those aren't really mercy bullets, right? We we all, we all know that. Just lying. So, Jason was lying when he gave it a three. It's a two. Like it's and I, and I and I don't I don't relish in this, but I am tired of seeing Batman lose like this. He's not even losing to overwhelming odds. They were like three dudes in the room and and he had an ambush and he still lost badly. And his strategy was bad. Like and his fighting strategy is bad. I should say his overall, his detective stuff. Isn't bad. Not really to give a little bit of a shine, but like his fi- all throughout the series his fighting has just been subpar. And that is the danger element that makes Batman so famous now and I'm again I'm not saying he needed to be I'm not expecting 1940s and him throwing out you know jiu stuff and everything but my goodness the man can win a fisticuffs fight right <laughs> like heck if they just freaking put up two fists he should be able to win and he hasn't won anything and and at this point at episode 11 of the series it's just gotten to me so I'm giving it a two
1: Man, I hear you, and and while you were explaining that, it occurred to me, like, I I wish I could go back in time and tell the producers, they seem to think that every cliffhanger has to be Batman in peril, and I think that's why he keeps losing fights, because he has to be sort of unconscious or whatever to be in peril, and it occurred to me, like, it doesn't have to be that way, it would have been a great cliffhanger if just as they were about to take that mask off. Tune in next right. week, like, oh yeah. my goodness, yeah. kids would have been discussing for a week. Like that's some a really smart good kid point. would have been like, yeah. I bet he's uh Chuck White under there, you know. Some smart kid would have sussed it out. Like it doesn't have to be that, or it could be someone else's danger, you know. Can they save, you know, uh the uh, Alfred Beagle in time? <laughs> you know, I right. wish I could go back in time and tell them that, but I think that's why I take so many L's is because they keep well, we got to put them in physical danger.
4: Yeah, and I, I agree with you. And I agree with your, your your plot fixes too. I think those would be very good plot fixes. And heck, nineteen sixty six Batman even got in that because you know sometimes he was caught in death traps, but you know not every time. Sometimes it was Robin in peril. Sometimes it was Batgirl in peril, and he had and Batman had to come make the save. It wasn't always Batman, the main character, taking these embarrassing losses.
1: Yeah, you got that right. All right, DJ Christados, Jason threw out a pity three. Delvin threw out a pretty realistic four. Where are you going to go? I mean, I'm sorry, two. Merciless two, I think. Where do you go with this? Uh, I'm I'm going with two and a half. Acceptable.
2: Acceptable.
4: Yeah. Sorry. No, it's not. Nope. Sorry. It's not. (laughs)
2: Okay. I'm going with a two. I'm with Delvin on this one. This was okay. You know, this is super filler super filler on this one and you know yeah we got it sometimes you got to eat the filler and i guess we're eating it right now but you know what wants me to the half if i could is daca you know i i like the daca part of it i agree with you on that
1: pat alan 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 has a no higher than two look in his eyes i gotta tell you
5: right <laughs> now, what, what are you thinking yeah about? i i tell you I, I was wavering around a one on this one this has got to be i mean i've seen this cereal multiple times so this is probably the lowest point. Uh, it's one of the most boring episodes. Nothing really happens. If you think about this episode, I mean, where was the trap that was in the title? Hmm. <laughs> uh, there was no trap. That's a fair uh,
3: point, Alan. <laughs> Other than like getting out of
2: jail. Like we bailed him out of jail so we could kill him. But the, only thi- Sorry, so, the only thing I think that really m- helps move this the story along in here was that Daka got the weapon that he needed.
5: Yeah, which, by the it. way, they're all, all carrying lumps of radium around like it's the groceries, which, yeah. So I'm going with the Merciless 2, and the only thing that bumps it up to 2 is Daka and his plans still going along, I think. I agree with you all, he is the high-point character of this whole series. I'm on the Merciless 2 train, I'm <laughs> lucky to get a 2. Fair enough,
1: and... um i'll leave jason to, to three island i i, res- I respect you bringing it ringer the new year with that three days but i'm gonna sit with the guys on the two thought it was just okay it's the
3: last I, one it's the last time it's I, last I, Mulligan they get
1: i, I i'm actually an alan like i started to move into didn't like it territory because like delvin said i'm just so tired of watching him lose and i just want to shake the writers and be like there's other ways to build cliffhanger drama than to have him lose and then and Alan, you mentioned the, the title doesn't make a ton of sense. We watched one called Flying Spies, which had literally one spy that was flying. Like, <laughs> like they're just writing these titles. It's like, there's not plural spies are flying. And even that was a stretch because he wasn't even, he was a passenger on the plane. <laughs> so, yeah, I, there's just some things, I think, cu- corners cut. I, I had a feeling that when they, when they attacked him as Chuck White with the truck, that that might have been meant to be. A cliffhanger ending but they were like oh this is only seven minutes long you know we've got to do more like these little things that bother me so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna jump on the two train toot toot and uh hope hope that uh alan's crystal ball pays off as he says this may be the low point of this serial and and hopefully we can pick it up and maybe watch old batman win a fight near the end and with that let's get to the gotham city mailbag <laughs> are thrilled to kick off these comments with special shout outs to our crusaders club members these are the fine folks who have joined our crusade they enjoy early access to special long box episodes they get to vote on show content they get free raffle entries and so much more these are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show
3: and helica wolf auburn elvis bill bear blast it or stash it braxton underwood captain entropy clinton robinson dave collins Ezra Gallo,
2: Gerald Green, Jason Lady,
3: Jason King, Jeremy L.
1: Jim Jim, 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 I hope you like Jim Jim too.
3: Happy New Year, Jim. It's our first recording of the new year. Jim Meal. Joe Thomas. John Watson. Josh Strickland. Candace Ward. Kathy Bright. The MVP. Mark Ross. Maxwell Traver. Michael Wegner Miranda W. P. D. Devins. Paul Hicks. Rick from Jeff and Rick Present. Rob Morgan. Ryan Daly. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Spidey67.
4: Steve Cronin. Spreadsheet. Tim Price. Tony Pennington and
1: Toronto cop. If we miss anyone on our list, we apologize. Keep in mind, we record these episodes well in advance of release. So if you're a recent edition, we'll add you soon, but no worries. Let us know that we missed you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com. We will get it straightened out. If you're asking yourself, well, how do I get in on this? How do I become a crusaders club member? It's very simple. The patreon.com slash longboxcrusade. crusade for as little as $1 a month. You get access to the crusaders club. Please come check it out we spend that money mostly on raffle prizes to give away to you fine listeners so whatever we don't spend on that pat spends on uh what is it you buy in that back alley pat
2: um you know some pipe stuff some cotton candy but no
0: heroin
2: there, there's our there's our <laughs> lbc promise to you
0: daddy's
3: <laughs> little helper <laughs>
1: All right. Now, if you don't have any extra scraps laying around, but you still want to help us out here at LBC headquarters, please take a moment to write a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcatcher you're on. If you even want to keep it short with the star ratings, that's fine, too. We just want to encourage the conversation and uh, build the family around the program. If you like these old cereals, we're not going to stop making these podcasts. <laughs> so you, you
3: might, you as, might well. as well listen. they're
1: as well. So let's get into our shares and retweets for our last Batman episode. It was chapter 10, Flying Spies. And if you remember last time, we only had one name to read and it was really sad. We are like, only had one person to share and retweet. We've doubled it! (laughs) Two names to read. Yes. So, uh, Pat, go ahead and read the first one. And Delvin, you get to read the second one. (laughs)
2: Starting us off is Tim Price. Thank
4: you for that retweet, Tim and wrapping it up is my mom. (laughs) We we have more
3: mothers on the show than this. Where's our mom? (laughs) I love the fact that we now have two names and one of them is Delvin's mom. (laughs) (laughs)
4: <laughs>
1: yeah, that's how we originally started off you i know? told like, you guys earlier we're not going to stop making these all right so just get <laughs> on board and start retweeting yeah there, we need me. that uh, uh d elvin williams
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> jar rod alberidge oh but we also did get two comments uh jason would you like to take the first one it's really just a request but I'll let you read it out.
3: Okay. It's from Paul Hicks and it's replying to at long box crusade, a yard sale artist and two others. Apparently he did a hashtag dust off DACA. (laughs) I like that. He said DC comics dust off DACA. Okay. All right. He's in our camp for bringing that character back to the comics. I like that. Got it. I I don't, I don't know the social media. He doesn't understand them, but uh, sounds good. Looks good. Hey, Paul. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> and our last comment was from our uh, very own on staff HR employee. Who's never showed up for a day of work. It's from Laurel mountain flower. And all she wrote was permission denied three exclamation points. And after about two minutes of thinking on that, I was like, what, is she denied what permission did she do?
3: What did we do? I know what it is. What is it?
2: Pat requested his name be changed to golden throat. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. I remember episode. that one. <laughs> yes. Oh man. Well, Sorry, too late, God. Laura. I already ordered the placards and all that. <laughs> and the business cards coming. Got the business cards in the mail. Yeah, I thought you signed off on that, Laurel. Um, he said permission denied there, Golden Throat. So oh, I, I must have missed that one. I don't know, know what we're going to do. Well, we'll have to use them up.
1: All right. Uh, we do appreciate everybody who chips in and chats around the show. Uh, if you want to be part of that, you can uh, clearly do that at Longbox Crusade and a bunch of other places. We'll get in that in a minute. But I do want to let you know. Our voicemail line is always open. Like it's 1994. You can call 707 532 5269. That's 707 532 L Box. Pick up the phone. phone. And leave us a voicemail. Let us know your opinion. How do you feel about these Batmans? Have you been checking out these serials? Are you as worn down as we are at this point? Of Batman getting his butt kicked. What are some of the high points? Lift us up, people give us a call at 707-532-5269 and say, hey, I want to lift you up about this Batman and give us something that you're loving about it. That would be nice. And with that on your
3: mind, I'm going to pass it to Jason to bring the show home. Well, thank you, Jared. That's it for this episode of Saturday Matinee Theater. If you'd like to hear more from us in the realm of comic books, action films, and more, you can check out the Longbox Crusade. Pat, show him the way.
2: Well, Jason, I'm glad you asked. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and uh, most of all the podcatchers out there. Just look up Longbox Crusade, and you will find us. We are also on YouTube or at www.longboxcrusade.com. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, all at Long Box Crusade. Back to you, Jason
3: thank you pat and if you're a fan of agent 007 and you want to hear us on our track through james bond films and music and spin-off stuff like man from uncle and comic books and all things really uh, related to the 007 franchise you can check out on her majesty's secret podcast jared where can they find that well jason i'm glad you asked you can find that at Hang on Hello. a second. Someone's no.
1: at my no. door. No. The fellows, I hear you uh. talking about on Secret Podcast. It's me, your favorite Christopher Walken. Oh. And yeah, you know, I was in a Bob movie, so you guys should check it out on Imagine Secret Podcast. It's on all those podcasts. Just go look for it on Imagine Secret Podcast. So you go directly to www.secretpodcast.podbean.com, and the Twitter is at OHMS pod, and I'll just show you guys talk about old candies a lot. I used to get this one. I can't remember what it's called. Maybe you can help me out. It was kind of like Cracker Jacks. It was like a caramel coated, and it came in a in a bag or a box, and it might have had some some nuts in it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's fiddle faddle. That's right, because I'm happiest
4: fiddle, faddle. fiddle <laughs> Yeah, gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> you didn't see it coming, did you? Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Souls next time. It, it, it came with its own props. <laughs> uh, you got to get him to Christopher. He's
2: you know.
1: making that stupid <laughs>
2: joke. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I have many more
3: of these rhymes with saddle jokes in your future. Just I kind of figured. Just as soon as I saw this one, I think this is like the opening salvo right here. I thought
2: we were done with jokes for crusade Now I got to go I saw
3: another. Alan laugh just a little, and it was all I needed to do at least six more of these. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, Chris. If you'd like to chat with us online, we can be found at. Pat, go ahead and kick us off.
2: Well, Jason, I'm glad you asked. You can find me on the Twitter at
4: Christatos one Delvin? You can find me on Twitter, D-E-E underscore R-A-Y-1977. Jared?
1: I am at Yard Sale Artist. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram It is all at Yard Sale Artist. Chris, where can you be found? I'm at felloffabridge.org. You're at.
3: That's, max. That's not a real. <laughs> I'm <laughs> at, at Max. It's got like nine A's in it. <laughs> Do a joke to Jason now. <laughs> it's late. All right. You can find me at Weasel Skull on Twitter and Jason
5: Albrecht on Facebook and Instagram. And Alan, go ahead and round this out. You can find me at Twitter at Alan J. Porter or my website, alanjporter.com. And if you're interested in the history of the Batman, I have the Batman on the Cover project on Tumblr, where we have been posting the chronological history of Batman in publishing starting way back in 1939. And as of today, we've posted 1,768 Batman covers, and we are up to August 1967. So we post every couple of days with a brand new cover. Wow. Follow-up
1: question. Is that um, comics exclusively, or if he shows up on the cover of a magazine like Life or whatever like that? It's the comics. Comics, strictly comics, okay. Strictly comics. Because I was wondering if like this serial ever made the cover of a magazine or something. But-
5: there'll probably be a placeholder for when this. The, well, I know there is. There's a placeholder for where this serial fits into the continuity, there'll be like a, a little mark that says – an oh, entry that says, okay. this is when the 1943 serial happened, so you know what comics would be oh, published okay. around – around that same time. Oh, I see. A little
3: yeah. context. I like that a lot. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for that, Alan. And all right, folks, it's time to get your quiver filled with arrows and ready to fight against taxation because our next episode will continue our journey through the 1955 Adventures of Robin Hood TV series. We'll see you next episode for episode three, Dead or Alive, the meetup location, Sherwood Forest. Because I'm one You knew it was coming. It'll <laughs> run
0: <laughs> Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater.
3: When I walk this forest, (laughs) I load a bow on my side. On my back.
0: I beat people with bow staffs. I'm not afraid to make them cry. (laughs)
1: <laughs> this dude put down his own house <laughs> just to protect me because <laughs> I'm a big balling prince
4: N- none, none, of y'all, none of y'all ready. none of y'all made a resolution to get me to bed earlier you know this no this year. no didn't, didn't do that mm. no because no. I
3: want it <laughs> nice
4: to Batman (laughs) cereals, not not nice to your friend. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Del, I give you at least a three.
3: (laughs) Oh,
4: (laughs) ah, yeah, those are three. All right, I'll kill recording.